Welcome back. Uh, we took a little bit of a break there for a little while. Not much happened. I guess so. I can't even remember like when the last time I put up a podcast was. It was around the 4th of July. I think yeah. it was when we recorded the Parch episode. Okay. I just record them and put them up, and I don't think about the intervening time between. Yeah, that's that's a little bit more long. Uh, my uh, realm of expertise there. Anyway, Comic-Con. Uh, took place over the weekend, so we've got something to talk about, maybe. Yeah, I, I didn't pay that much attention to it. I mean, I heard little bits and pieces, but... Here's the thing, I paid really close attention to Comic-Con. Uh, I, I try to uh, every year, but um, somewhere along Saturday, I started to wonder to myself if I just hadn't been paying close enough attention, like if I wasn't following the the right Twitter feeds or the you know the right websites or something and uh, started to look into it more and not a damn thing happened at Comic-Con this year. I mean not a damn thing. Uh, the the biggest announcement arguably was that they brought out all the cast of the Avengers movie uh, out on stage. But really we already knew you know the important people that were going to be in it. Robert Downey Jr. and Samuel L. Jackson. Everybody else nobody gives a fuck about. Um, Captain true. America, nobody cares. Thor, nobody cares. Hawkeye, wait I'm a sure minute, someone nobody cares. cares. I'm sure someone cares. We don't care. No, no one that we know cares that much. The Avengers isn't even the best. You know, X isn't even the best team of Marvel superheroes. I mean, X Men clearly has them beat. I mean, you you could give. You know, five major uh, characters from X Men, their own comic book series, and they have at various points, and uh, they'd still be better than any of the uh, Avengers comic books, with the exception of maybe Hulk and Iron Man. That's and, true. Uh, Thor, come on. Well, uh, again, we're not hardcore comic book nerds, and actually, of all the people who are usually on the podcast, we're probably the two least likely to care. That's that's sort of the thing, you know, I was into it, you know, back in the nineties when everybody was into it. Exactly. Uh here's here's the thing that the Avengers movie just has yet to sell me on. You know, they're basically ba- you know, making five movie franchises and then trying to tie them all together into one very successful movie franchise. Well so far you've succeeded in selling me on one of those franchises, Iron Man, because it has right. uh Robert Downey Jr. playing himself. Right. They, it, they did a good job with Iron Man. Um, Agreed. But, but the Hulk movies, they've, they've rebooted Hulk twice. Oh, and Hulk was a big issue because, you know, it came out that, because I think every, everyone expected Edward Norton to be the Hulk, and turns out it was he wasn't, so. Yeah, there was some sort of dispute there. Um <sighs> I'll be honest, I, I kind of wonder how they can sustain a franchise like that with... Because, you know, for, for each of the individual movies, they have to have a big-name star in it. And then for the for the combined movie, they have to have, you know, all these stars. It's going to be, like, huge. Well, not only that, but... I don't know. Is Robert, then they start recasting people. Is, is Iron Man and Samuel L. Jackson going to be enough to get people into the movie theaters to see this? Probably. Um, but I, I think you're underestimating the appeal of comic book movies to people. There is a very, very devoted demographic there. 
Just as I said, we don't really know many of them. No, and I I'm sorry, I'm just not interested in watching Captain America or Hawkeye. Or or even uh non Bill Bixby Hulk. I'm sorry, Bill Bixby uh it sort of because that show was on when I was a kid, has really cemented my image of what the Incredible Hulk story should be about. It should be yeah, you know, really that eighties TV show was sort of like an early version of Rurani Kenshin because you know, David Banner, uh, he had to go from place to place. You know, he, he had to, to abandon his own life because he had this curse. Hoping that the next jump will be the leap home? That too. Okay. Um, oh, no, so he kind of went from, you know, one town to the other helping people out, and then eventually he'd go Hulk and, uh, you know, break a whole bunch of shit and then have to leave town again. Yeah, then again, I was going to say, if, if, if you let, um, you let shows you watched when you were a kid uh, define these things for you. I uh, I watched Superman on TV Land, like the old black and white. I've never <laughs> seen any of the movies, so nice. there you go. Christopher Reeve, who's that? I I like the Christopher Reeve version, but uh, that's that's another story for another oh, time. Yeah. I I like Superman three the best, but not for uh, any particular critical reason. It's just because it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Anyway, um, aside from the Avengers. Uh, there's a burn notice prequel movie that's coming with straight Bruce to TV Campbell. with Bruce fucking Campbell. I'm all over that shit. Like, I, just you tell me when and where, and I'll be sitting at the TV watching it. So I assume it's like starring him and not starring Jeffrey Donovan. No, yeah. it, it's it's gonna star Bruce Campbell. I think it's just called called right now the Sam Axe movie. I don't know what time frame it's gonna pick up on or. How it's going to tie into the uh, Burn Notice TV show, but hell, it's fucking Bruce Campbell. It's Burn Notice. I'm on board with this shit. I, I I don't I don't know about it as a Bruce Campbell movie. I mean, he's played Elvis. He's played uh, himself. He's played uh, you know a guy with the chainsaw for a hand. This is going to be kind of boring and uh, bland. Eh, I don't know. I, I love Burn Notice. It's it's the only reason I can kill myself after Law and Order went off TV. Well, actually, they're uh, they're creating a new Law and Order. Yeah, movie. Law and Order LA, which I guess they're taking after the CSI thing. Because where do you go at this point? You you have to do location specific stuff now because they've covered the whole gamut. Unless they want to, you know, create, um, I don't know, you know, who medical they... examiners. Uh, version of uh, Quincy or whatever it was. <laughs> you know who uh, they announced is going to be on that show this week? Alfred Molina. Dr. Octagon of us, blah. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Alfred Molina played like a pedophile or something on uh, SVU on one episode, didn't he? I guess so. I I forget, yeah, I forget what he did, but he was he was the bad guy in this like, episode. Yeah, I, I do remember that now that you mention it. Because uh, his mother was Angela Lansbury, which was equally oh, yeah. weird. Which means they were both somehow involved in the case. Yeah. I, th- I think the mom was covering up because she was old money. Yeah. And he was like some sort of doctor or scientist or something. Yeah, a lot of Comic-Con was panels about shit we already knew. We should have just renamed Comic-Con 2010, Comic-Con shit I already know. Well... Yeah, then again, Comic-Con is not necessarily just all about um, new announcements. I mean, it's 
like PAX or Dragon Con or something like that. It's an experience. I, I don't know. The last couple of years, they've been all about, you know, oh, we're making these major announcements. And uh, G4 is actually uh, announced they're going to be showing anime again. Oh, Granted, yeah. it's based on the uh, Marvel animes that Madhouse did, but I'm still pretty psyched that uh, they're actually going to be showing anime again. Yeah, well, you know, it's a special occasion for them to show something other than cops, I guess, or cheaters, or... I don't know, I haven't even watched... I don't watch TV enough to know what they play anymore. I'm pretty sure it's still, like, uh, crappy movies and cops and cheaters. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of cool. Um... I don't know that I'll keep up with them. It, it, it depends. From what I saw of the Iron Man clip that you showed me, I like the style, but it depends on where they go with the story. Like I said, I'm not a comic book nerd. I'm not a uh, not a high action anime nerd either. So, you know, I'll probably watch at least the uh, the Wolverine one. That one will probably get my attention. Yeah. Um. Moving on, the uh, probably the only real major reveal at Comic-Con was uh, not one, but two games, uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken and Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Uh, the Capcom-produced uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken is supposed to be out sometime in 2012, after Marvel vs. Capcom 3 gets released next year. And then the, so, so it matters what side of the cross operator that each uh, each yeah. variable is on. Yes, okay. and Namco is producing okay. the Tekken Cross Street Fighter, uh, which will be developed much like the uh, traditional Tekken games, and that's going to be probably 2013 before we see that. Um, but still, even that was something that uh, at Evo a few weeks ago they had. Uh, Tekken's producer on stage with Street Fighter's producer right before they started the uh, the grand finals for Super Street Fighter 4. And they kind of bantered back and forth and did this little tease, but they didn't say anything else. And then then uh, this came around, and they there had been speculation for weeks leading up to uh, Comic-Con that this was going to happen, and it did. Um, they also announced uh, they're doing a... Not really HD remix style, but a uh, online-enabled version of uh, Street Fighter 3, which will be good because I never got into Street Fighter 3 too much. It came out at sort of this weird time where... Uh, I don't even... What system did it come out on? It came out on originally on the Dreamcast, and that okay. was the only system it came out on until they did the uh, anniversary collection a few years later, and that was on PS2 and Xbox, but... I played a little of that, but I mean, I bought that for 2 because I played a ton of 2. So. In, uh, in the movie. In the movie? Yeah, it had the animated movie on there. Oh, oh yeah, yes. that's right. I forgot about that. But, um, you know, I, I'm excited because arcade sticks are now readily available. Where they really weren't during the last generation, but the last generation fighting games really weren't what they used to be, so. Yeah. It's kind of hit a resurgence in the console market, which is, is good. Yeah, Capcom did the smart thing by sort of taking a break from fighting games for almost 10 years. Not quite, but just about, I think, from around 2001 to 2009, they didn't release anything. No, you know, Marvel vs. Capcom, no 
Street Fighter No Nothing. So, and now that uh, you know Madden's been churning out crap every year, they can be like, you know what, we can you know release an update here and there and not take total crap for it anymore. Well, fighting games, I imagine, are kind of like DDR and some of those other genres where, you know, when arcades started to decline, you know, what do you do? Right. So that's kind of part of the experience. Yeah, the the, the advent of DLC that, and, uh, you know, like Xbox Live and PSN uh, did a lot to bring that genre back, just because you can sort of replicate that experience at home now. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's really about it for Comic Con, isn't it? Um. Well, Westboro Baptist Church protested them. If you want to talk about news surrounding Comic Con? Okay. Why why did they pro- uh, protest them? Uh, because they're professional trolls. I mean, that's what they do. I guess. Because they they've kind of gotten burnt out on the whole protesting funeral thing. Uh, you know. You know. Offended enough people. Let's go someplace fun. See, I didn't. I didn't hear about that. I heard about some guy getting stabbed in the eye and uh, oh yeah, Darth Vader robbing a bank. I don't know that. Did that actually happen around Comic Con? I, I don't know if happen? it happened around. It happened, you know, that weekend. So I don't... Yeah. Well, the interesting thing was uh, the, the reason the uh, the protests made big news was because people went out and uh, counter protested. Just did all kinds of wacky signs. I don't even remember uh, what were in the pictures. But um, just counter-protested. If you go look for some of the pictures, it was pretty cool. Because that's really the only way to deal with trolls like them. Is just make fun of them. You do not want to piss off the 101st uh, Stormtrooper Division. No. I... Do we have a segue into anything else besides uh, Comic Con? You said you had some stuff you wanted to talk I had about. some stuff. Let me uh, let me fire up my browser here and uh, see what I actually have. We should uh, bring up the email too, because we've gotten some some uh, emails for the podcast lately. We can answer some of those too. Let's see podcast topic. Um, I don't know. I saw this news story. This this is just uh, surreal. Because um, I don't think we've talked about this this film. Um, so they're going to... Um, they're going to make a film based on the game Battleship. Your thoughts? <laughs> what the have you, fuck? Have you, heard, have you heard this before? I think now that you mention it, I might have seen it and then just completely dismissed it. Because it's like, Battleship? What the fuck? Exactly. <clears throat> of course, I had that same reaction when they announced that they were doing a movie about the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and that the first movie at least ended up being great. The second two, I didn't like as much. But, yeah. but the problem with Battleship is it's so generic. It, you, it really, you know, you as, as long as you have ships, you know, an, an armado of ships sailing along, getting blown up by mortars from somewhere else, and as long as somebody says they sunk my, my battleship. battleship but um, I, I saw this on Dig. The uh, pop star Rihanna is about to is going to make her movie debut in the Battleship film. Now I don't know anything about her, but it just seems like if you're going to make your movie debut, this is not the kind of film you want. Like, 
if you want to quite literally sink your career. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the other one, um, I don't know if you heard about this. This is this is a little bit political, but you you know who Anonymous is, right? Mm-mm. Oh, right. I don't. Yeah, I walked into that. Um, they were the group that I think they have something to do with 4chan and a couple of other um, sites like that that protested um, Scientology. Basically caused all manner of trouble for Scientology. Um, so, of course, um, the the Oregon Tea Party uh, just so happened to use a uh, slogan on one of their bumper stickers uh, that says, uh, We are anonymous. We are legion. We do not forgive. We do not forget. Expect us. Which I guess, you know, is supposed to sound threatening, which is what they're going for. But, <laughs> it, you know, if, if you're going to steal a slogan, Anonymous is the wrong person to steal, wrong group to steal from. So, th- there was much hell raised on their uh, Facebook page. <laughs> um, um, can I have some excerpts to read here? Uh, <laughs> start... To warp a derp is to derp a herp. <laughs> They just, like, spam their Facebook page. Um, let's see. Herp, derp. Apparently, Desu, yeah. desu, desu! <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know, I just I just thought that was funny, because, um... The Oregon Tea Party shut down their Facebook page, and, like, if you're gonna steal from someone, like... This act of using an anonymous slogan highlights how bereft of creativity and original drive the Tea Party and its leagues are. You borrowed a slogan from a website devoted to cats, porn, and gore. You guys are jokes who just appreciate slogans that you think sound good, but never really understand or investigate. And then there's more to that quote, but it's not shown there. But uh, uh, they shut down their Facebook page. They closed down their uh, Ning page, or they locked it down. So uh, I just thought uh, you know what the Tea Party can uh, steal from us. They can put you know the Immortal Robot Reagan on their bumper stickers or something. I don't know that it. I don't know that it has the same ring. <laughs> you know, uh, it I, doesn't sound as threatening. I'm going to uh, describe myself politically as an Immortal Robot Reagan conservative, not just a Reagan conservative. Oh, man, that's... I, I don't even want to get into that, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, I think that was all I had. Uh, Let's check the email, then. Yes. Yes, this is sort of a filler episode. Uh, Kagome gets new shoes at the end of this podcast. Spoiler. Are you saying that Inuyasha was a filler series? <laughs> I am, in fact. After about... Uh, it was one of those shows that I kind of got into when it first came out. I was like, hey, this is interesting. I wonder where this is going. Because you didn't know any better. Yeah, th- yeah, you don't know any better. You don't know where it's going. And, uh, you know, along about season three, and they're still doing the same shit they were in season one, I'm like, well, I'm going to tune out for a while. All right, so... Let's see... Wait, did did Parch actually get the uh, 
According to this email, he did. The t-shirt. For some reason, though, I was sent home. They said I could not remain at work the way I am dressed. Yeah, he apparently uh, said he wore the t-shirt to work. I don't know that he's gotten the uh, t-shirt yet. That That's the implication. Charlie, uh, Charlie needs to get on that, I guess. Yeah. Now that he's figured out where it was. He said it was really obvious, too. And I'm like, well, come on, get the fuck on it. Um, we, should, we should wish him a belated birthday, because his birthday was this past week. That made me think, because I was thinking, you know, we actually sent him a package this week, and we could put our, uh, the shirt in there with it, but we didn't. Dang it! Oh. Some bitch! Ugh. We've had so many chances to save on shipping costs, and... Might Charlie pay for it? Yeah, I was gonna say I wasn't going <laughs> to uh, threaten Charlie. <laughs> I'm gonna threaten Charlie. Well, tr- true to form, you know, well, true to form, Charlie probably won't even um, uh, listen to this podcast because no one does. Nope, not even. Well, okay, not sure I, do. I listen to it. I've started what listening the hell? to it. Hell, okay, we've got G4 on. Yeah, Web Soup is on, and just like. Horrible things have been flashing in front of my eyes. So, okay. Email. In response to your response to my inquiry on seafood. Fish from sticks, I Walter or Parker. Yes, seafood. Again, I don't really consider them seafood in the same sense. Um, then, let's see. To all the males that responded to my email in the last podcast, what are you, a gay fish? Uh, do we like fish sticks? Well, yes, so apparently we're gay fish because we like fish sticks. Now, if if you'll remember, I was the one who said I didn't. Like, if I'm going to... I'm, I'm, I'm gay fish, for Gortons, apparently. I guess so. Um, see, on a more serious note, I'm going to steal my older brother's question format and ask, what are your top three favorite fiction books you've read? Books of fiction you've read? Ooh. You want to start? Um, no, because I'm trying to think of something snarky. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um, oh, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and read his. My top three are The Name of the Wind by Pac- Patrick Rothfuss, The Hobbit by Tolkien, Injur's Game by Orson Scott Card, pretty much in that order. Yeah, I've, I've not read any of his uh, books. Oh, I haven't either. I was just... Um, talking strictly novels. Um, Homeland by uh, Ari Salvatore. Um, let's see. I, I'm just gonna include the series, uh, the War of the Spider Queen. It, it's yeah. by six different authors. Um, that was another book series where I was just like, okay, constantly, gotta read it, gotta read it. And, um, well, shit. That leaves me with the third one. Um, you know what? Come back to me. You got one? Um, I got, well, I actually don't read a lot of fiction. Like, I used to try. I, I read through part of Wheel of Time, and it was really good, but I just don't have the attention span for it anymore. Um, I'm trying to think. I read World War Z was a really good book. Um, it was, it's basically about 
you know, what if the zombie apocalypse happened now? And just the writing is really good because the guy actually seems to think through the, the implications, um, you know, of, of what happens around the world. Um, let's see. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? I actually got, like, I, I tried reading through that, and I got hung up. It was one I kind of started and stopped, started and stopped, because I've never read a Jane Austen book. And you know why? Because I'm a dude. <laughs> exactly. And I, I couldn't like I couldn't get my head around the language and the motivation and you know it's a pretty cool concept. It was a little over the top. Um, I'm trying to think of three fiction books I've actually read. I'm gonna to go ahead and throw one in this. Um, it's a book I read as a kid. So, okay. um, probably not high literature, but a book called The Samurai's Tale uh, by Eric Calgard. Uh, okay. Just just a really interesting book. I read it in fourth grade, I think, if I remember correctly. And um, sort of, sort of uh, helped me along my path of, uh, you know, obsessing over Japanese culture. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm going to throw in Till We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis, which is it's a retelling of the Greek myth of Psyche, and I don't know anything about it. That's just what it is. Um, it's really, if you like fantasy, it's really well done, and the characters are interesting, and the, the plot line is interesting, and it is not... You know, if you go into it expecting Narnia, where you can pretty much, you know, equate everything in there to some sort of allegorical concept, then, you know, that's not at all what it is. Um, I swear I've read another fiction book recently. I finished it, but I, I don't know, do, do you consider, like, John Hodgman's books fiction? No, those certainly are facts. Are... <laughs> no, those are facts. That's the areas of his expertise. Oh, I, I'm I'm tempted to run down to my bookshelf and look through it, but I'll, I'll just stick with two. All right, fine. I guess. Uh, let's see. What else have we got in the old inbox? Um, another question from Walter Parker. Dear Abby, we're. We're not. I'm not even sure Abby does dear Abby anymore. So you know. Anyway, the Abby on uh, NCIS does apparently. Yeah, I guess so. She was a Comic Con. There's a segue. I I thought you weren't going to be on this podcast, Jen. If you're in the room, you're pretty much going to be on the podcast. You like. No matter who it is, you say you're not going to be on the podcast, you're going to be on the podcast. Sorry. No, it's okay. I, I've just, like I said, it's it's kind of a rhetorical question. Dear Abby. <clears throat> okay. Nintendo has me confused. All the innovation with the glasses-free 3D is great and all, and the new Kid Icarus game looks pretty beast. Is that what the kids are calling I don't these know. days? Okay, I don't know. Dang you, kids. You know. I'm not a up on drugs. I don't know. <laughs> 
Given it's a reboot of a game most a game series most gamers never cared about before Super Smash Brothers Brawl, I actually never played it. Really? No. And, and if I had, I might care about it. So I, I would. He he was on Captain N. I don't know that I would go for you know no one cared about it. Um, how many ports of ten-year-old games will Nintendo have to make before we start seeing them? is legitimate first party again. Seriously, they've made Ocarina of Time three times now, coming up on four. Half the list of Nintendo titles to be released so far for the 3DS reports. They ported Super Mario Sunshine for the Wii a while back, plus a few other titles for a different control experience for the same freaking game. Are we ever going to see Nintendo in the same glory that they had in the days of yore? The days from the NES to the N64, focusing more on the NES and the SNES. Are they just going to keep surviving on the occasional new semi-decent release from Mario and Link, while mostly floating on lower costs, the non-gamer demographic, in their own name? Or am I missing the big picture? I know, as annoying as their business model to be to maybe to hardcore gamers, it is making them money hand over fist. Will it ever stop making them money, or are people really that satisfied with a weird, broken controller and mediocrity? Slash exasperated nerd rage. Um, okay. I'm going to back you up a little bit. People like to throw in the N64 as part of the quote-unquote glory days. Do not. It was not. No. Um, The N64 was not the Super NES. The N64 was the beginning of of what we now know Nintendo as. Because nobody supported that platform outside of Nintendo. They were the only ones responsible for, you know, nine-tenths of any of the good games that ever came out on N64 or GameCube or the Wii. Um, but I would say they are a legitimate first party. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, I've been playing through Twilight Princess, and I've gotten 40 hours logged on it, and it's it's pretty fun. I mean, I went, I stopped, I stalled out the first time I played it, and I went back, and um, they they do have a good experience. I mean, look, looking ahead to uh, the rest of this year, I don't know if there's another game that I'm looking forward to more than other M. Yeah. Even though that's being, you know, co-developed by Team Ninja, who I love dearly for their uh, advancement in the realm of breast physics, but um, yeah, Nintendo's definitely a legitimate first-party company. Of course, you know, I'm not surprised to see that a lot of these uh, 3DS launch uh, announcements are, you know, ports or you know, tech demos of games that are already out because. There, you know, the launch of the actual system is still some time away. I don't know if we'll necessarily see all those games. Um, and it's—I imagine it's something that developers are going to have to pour, you know, a lot of time into developing, like figuring out how to develop for 3D. It's not just something that, well, we'll create this PSP game and then this DS game over here, and they'll, you know. Yeah, a good example of what Nintendo did here, um, I'm going to show my age. Do you remember when they first announced Project Revolution, which is what turned out to be the N64? Uh, They showed a Final Fantasy game that was basically a 3D version of uh, Final Fantasy III, as we know here in the States. Um, Of course, that game was never released. Right. Uh, the Zelda game that they introduced was never released. A lot of it was just tech demos to sort of show them what the system can do, and that may be what some of these uh, yeah. games may or may not end up being. 
To be fair, though, they are sitting on a gold mine with some of these games because they are classics and they have been replayed. So, I mean, I'm I'm not willing to shell out money for... And a lot of these games I haven't even played, like Ocarina of Time. But, um, I mean, like, I, I rebought the Final Fantasy... I've rebought several of the Final Fantasy games for both PS and uh, Game Boy. Um, you know, the, the re-releases that they did. And I don't ever want to go back and, you know, buy another copy of those again on a new system, but Nintendo is far from the only company that's doing this. Yeah, and even with the 3DS, they aren't the only culprits. Like, Konami showed a 3D version of Snake Eater, which... Yeah. I, I don't know if I could be any more disappointed with with something than that. Yeah. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the Wii is a broken controller either. It's certainly not the magical immersive gaming experience that we were promised. But you know, no, it's it's kind of like the fable of controllers. It's not everything they said it would be. But if you can get past the massive disappointment, the hubris that went into the announcement. It's still because because you know you can't find examples of hubris on Microsoft and Sony's part. No, not yeah. at all. <laughs> uh, not with connectimals uh, stinking up the joint. Yeah. You know, here's Skittles. God, that was so creepy. It just if you're not watching the video, sounds like a little sister. You know, from Bioshock. <laughs> what the hell are they putting on these things for kids? No, it. I mean, Nintendo is riding by on their first-party titles, and they do really good. They have been for titles. a long time. And I mean, if you go into GameStop and look at the prices, the you know the games that do not go down are you know Smash Brothers, Twilight Princess, you know Mario Kart, Mario Galaxy. Yeah, which more? Uh, at least the first Mario Galaxy. I haven't played the second one yet. The first one was brilliant. Uh, I'm not even gonna lie about that. I I didn't care for Sunshine. Mario 64 was was brilliant at the time, but didn't really hold up well. Yeah. Um, but Galaxy is just a brilliant game. Yeah. Well, there again, you know, Nintendo puts. I mean, they don't turn out crappy Mario and Zelda games. No, they they turn out crappy Mario Party games. Mario Party but, games, but um. Miyamoto needs to to step it up though because like Pikmin and uh, Wii music, you know those those really haven't been what we're used to seeing from him. He kind of needs to uh, yeah. show flashes of what we know we can do. Well, and and that's not to say that Nintendo is going to be able to ride along on Mario, Zelda, and old games forever because you know. At least with the Wii, they prove that they don't really seem to have... Like, they didn't get online like Microsoft and Sony did, so... No. There could, you know, next generation or the generation after that, you know, they could slip up and become Sega, but... Well, you know, if if they just say, oh, hey, we've got a new system, it's out today, uh, like they did with the Saturn... Uh, we got any other emails in there? Because we um, beat that one to death. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Letter I shall send to Bungie. This is also from Walter Parker. 
As per the time of writing of this email, yesterday was Bungie Day 7-7. In honor of Bungie Day this year, they allowed all the players of Halo 3 to use the coveted Flaming Helmet permutation for a limited time. They did not give an exact length of time that players would be able to use it, but I'm expecting it to last for about a week or so. In anticipation of them making the Flaming Helmet staff only again, I saved a draft of an email I intend to send the moment I discover my head isn't on fire anymore. Let me know what you think. If when they send a reply, I'll let you guys know. So here's the letter within the letter. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dear Bungie Webmaster, I want to wish you guys a happy belated Bungie Day. An additional thanks and love for the amusing or amazing content you guys make and the level of support you guys put forth in relation to the Halo franchise. It is really beautiful. But I come to you in the form of this email with a simple request. One wish from a dying fan. Wait a minute. It just keep reading. Okay. You see, I have super smallpox. It is a disease. S-U-P-E-E-R-S-M-O-L-P-O-C-K-Z. Disease similar to smallpox, but the pox appear on the surface of my brain instead of on my skin. The pox are also incredibly small, only about a cubic beard second in size. But they come in great number and will eventually encase my brain in fuzzy bacterial coating as the disease eats away at my brains. These are moments when the pox flare up in a rapid explosion of meiosis, someone similar to algal bloom. Wait, meiosis? <laughs> isn't that what cells use? Isn't that the process by which, like, sex cells divide? Yes. Okay. Um, however, he's talking about super small pogs. So, uh, I, I'm not going to analyze this letter too much. I'm not a biologist. Then I experience a phenomenon likened to an ecstasy-induced high. The phenomenon can last for up to seven hours. It makes me so high, I don't even know where I am at the moment the phenomenon begins. But my physician tells me that when I finally begin the last few hours of my life, in ten minutes, in ten minutes, because I can tell you that exactly, it will be more like the effect of having a poison dart frog surgery inserted into the very center of my brain. My wish before I die in this way is for the Bungie staff member permutation, the Flaming Helmet, to be permanently added to my list of usable armor pieces. It brought me great joy to see myself in theater mode, running around, queening some noobs, all, all while having the most epic armor permutation in the world. It also almost made my life livable again for me, so lost, so lost a cause. But alas, it was only temporary, and it reminded me of how short and temporary my life is here in this world, right before I experienced the craziest light show and gained spider sense for a few hours. My spirits would raise back to unbelievable heights if I knew my Spartan's head could withstand the test of time. It's fire lighting hope in the lives of millions of gamers across the world. Now I sit here, dying from laughter, not from an illness, obviously, at the thought of numerous rabid fans writing similar letters, Completely dead set, excuse the pun, at gaining the flaming helmet piece permanently. But moreover, the most likely reaction from you, the reader, from such letters. I hope in reading my letter that the reader had the opportunity to laugh a little and to take a bit of a break from reading and replying to the probable countless email mails about unfair bans and other such nonsense. From the bottom of my heart, I wish you, good sir, as good a day as humanly possible. Sincerely, Righteous Man. 
you know, I, I have to say, you know, if you send this, kudos to you that you're actually sending a funny email because if you work at any company dealing with online gaming... And you're sitting there, read, you know, sorting through thousands of emails in an inbox. Your, your day probably has to do with nerf this, this is overpowered, this sucks, why don't you do this, you know... As well as probably every racist and homophobic insult known to man. It, this, this is a bright spot in some Bungie employee's day. Nerf rock paper is fine. Sincerely, okay. scissors. Exactly. I, I don't know. I stopped caring about Halo about two years ago. Yeah. I, I need to go back and play ODST, and I think I may do that after I finish Zelda, but... I don't think I can get into ODST, um, because, I don't know, I have a hard time getting into a Halo game where I'm not playing as Master Chief. Sorry. It doesn't matter to me what you play as, it's just, I don't Twitch game much anymore, and I don't really want to invest the time in, you know, building my, uh, you know, reflexes up that much. I will point out that uh, claiming a deadly disease, there's a Family Guy episode on how wrong this can go. So, you know. When God starts visiting curses upon you, you'll know that well, you've that, crossed the line. That happened much later. Like, several other things had to happen at that point. Um, but obviously you're sending this through. If someone pulls this with Bungie, they're not going to buy it. As we dig a grave... Okay. Because, you know, they they have, you know, Make-A-Wish and all that stuff, too. Oh, Make-A-Wish? <laughs> Let's see. Um, I think the last email here. So I just saw that the Edward, that new, the news that Edward Norton will not be playing the role of Bruce Banner. Oh, this is from Parch. Of Bruce Banner in the Avengers movie. Both sides are different things as to why. The casting department is saying that they want someone who can better work in a group with synergy. That just sounds laden with, like, he's a diva or something, you know. Um, I, I was in... Was he in American History X, my thing? Yes. I was in American History X in Fight Club. I'm Edward fucking Norton. Who are you, Robert Downey Jr.? What were you in? Uh, I was in Iron Man. Basically saying that Edward Norton doesn't play well with others. Norton's rep is saying that they were negotiating pay in good faith, that Norton and Joss Whedon had a great talk, and that everyone knew that Norton was the man for the job. Then in between negotiations, they cut it off saying they had found someone else. No matter what the reason is, I for one am disappointed. Very disappointed, in fact. He is an amazing actor and was fantastic in that role. I think the movie is going to be worse without him. Eh, maybe. I think the movie is worse just having the Hulk. Oh, I seriously, uh, Hulk smash, big fucking deal. Don't care. I, I like for my superheroes to have a little bit more than it's clobbering time and or Hulk smash. Yes, if if you require a handler when you go into your super form to make sure you don't do something stupid, then you're probably not an asset to the team. No, and. Even even if you were to go, like, you know, 1980s, The Incredible Hulk TV show, that character is not conducive to a team superhero movie. 
Because even then, you know, he's trying to deal with... Uh, Berserker rage? Yeah. It, uh, he just... He becomes... Uh, Rogar from the Gamers. Yes. Blood, death, and, and vengeance. vengeance. I, honestly, like, I, I don't care that much as to why Ed Norton didn't get to play the Hulk. I mean... Uh, yeah, I'm going to feel real bad for uh, the Hulk. Uh, or rather for the Avengers movie and its millions of dollars on opening weekend, as well as for Edward Norton with his millions of dollars. He's going to be sitting there crying into a pile of money. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's it's not something to worry about. Uh... Besides, if you're going to see the Avengers movie for Hulk, you got bigger problems. Really? Seriously. Okay. Uh... I think that's all we have as far as emails go. Yeah, the other email is uh, us getting our AWA uh, media badges. Yay! We get them for free, bitches. Yep. What are we going to do this year? I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to send some emails around. Okay. Um, Travis and Laura are going to be there, but uh, we just talked to them, so I don't... You know, I think, you know, the five months intervening between them tech and AWA is really going to be conducive to another podcast. But, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll poke around. Um, we've got a lot to work with now after MTAC, so we'll see. Maybe yeah. we can get... If nothing else, you know, we'll see if we can't get some old friends on there. Yeah. I didn't even pay attention to who's, you know, like who the guests are. But, um, I don't Maybe I can drop a line to Carl Horn. We can do like an all Evangelion podcast. It's like eight hours long. That would be interesting. Actually, I think Awesome Cast interviewed him. I saw on their list of podcasts. So oh, really, I need to talk to Basil I then and see if think he has so. I may be completely. Hey, I've got I've got my browser up. Let me uh, just listen to the excitement as Dylan pulls up Awesome Cast on his browser. Yes, Carl Gustav Horn at OhioCon 10. Oh, wow. So, um, I, I just, that would kill me if I had, like, I believe in accuracy. You know, that's that's commitment you're going to get from Chainsaw Buffet. Agreed. We're going to gripe about the accurate information later. I mean, that's, but, uh. All right, well, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, sorry, Comic-Con, so, so bad, but, uh. Uh. Go outside, you know, turn off the dang TV, you'll live. Or play Blaze Blue uh, Continuum Shift. That's up now. Yep. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.